Well, good morning, uh, everyone. Good to see you all on this uh, glorious uh, summer morning again. If you're with us on uh, Zoom, you're very, very welcome. It's great to have you with us uh, wherever you are, whether you're on Zoom locally or further afield in Kent, uh, you're very, very welcome. Um, great to be great to be with us, uh, with you all this morning. Uh, warm welcome to, I shouldn't say warm welcome, should I? You're warm enough, but uh, who needs any more warmth? But uh, good, <laughs> good to see you all and uh, great to be in God's presence. Um, just to say that uh, tomorrow um, there, is a, there is a prayer meeting at 9.30, which uh, upstairs in room 12 and 13, which everyone is invited to. Simon's telling me to push. I'm all right. Uh, it's a lead that's loose. Don't want a loose lead, do we? <laughs> so you're, you're, everyone's welcome to attend the prayer meeting at 9.30 in the morning. And then uh, there's Coffee Stop uh, also uh, from, when, when's Coffee Stop start? 10, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. So that, that's all, all continuing. What was that? Yeah, well, just. a welcome back if you've been away on holiday, not mention any names, Vicky, then uh, you're very welcome back. Good to see you. Uh, good to have you back with us. Um, the theme of the uh, service is all about true worship, worship that honours God from, from Malachi uh, chapter 1. And uh, David's heart, King David's heart, was all about worship. He wanted to be in the presence of God, um, whether that was in prayer as, he, as, uh, as a shepherd out in the open, but especially he wanted to be with God's people in the temple. And Psalm 27 says this, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be cut, exalted above the enemies who surround me. In his, at his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. I hope you're here this morning uh, with, the, with the attitude of King David uh, to come with a sacrifice of joy. God loves it when we come with passion and joy to sing and pray and submit to his word, doesn't he? That's what it says here, yeah? Hello? We here? So I'm, I'm never one, I'm, I'm not good with passivity, all right? I need, I need feedback, I need energy, I need life. So it's all about passion, isn't it, our faith? David is a passionate person. We need to be expressing ourselves a bit more, don't we? Let, let me pray and then we'll, we'll, I'll hand over to Sam, who's going to lead us in our singing. Jesus, we, we love you more than anything else. We're excited to be here, Lord, in your presence. Lord, like David, there's no place we'd rather be, Lord. We want to dwell here with your people in worship, Lord. And one day in eternity, Lord, we're going to be with you and your people forever, worshipping and singing. So, Lord, this, there's no place we'd want to be, uh, rather be here this morning, Lord, than with you. So, Father, send the power of your spirit among us. Lord, we long, we hunger and a thirst for an encounter with you 
through your spirit. So come Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. May we be worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. Set our hearts on fire, Lord, with passion and joy this morning. May we not just go through the motions, but Lord, may our hearts be on fire for you this morning because you are worthy, Lord, of all our honor and praise and respect and love and adoration and passion. So we lay down our lives before you once again. We bring you all we have, all we are, and we say, Lord, we love you. And we say, come Holy Spirit, dwell in us, dwell among us, come with power in Jesus' name. Let's stand to worship the King.
that our souls must sing, regardless of our, of our own situation, Lord. When it feels impossible to worship, still our soul wants to sing. And Lord, we just pray that you would give us, give us open hearts this morning to just accept your grace. So you tell us that we can find rest in you. And uh, if we need it, Lord, let's just rest in you this morning.
Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified from the altar of my life. Christ be magnified in me. our voices um, just sing to the Lord a new song as the spirit leads us just you want to sing in tongues or just sing your own melody so just let's begin to lift our voices before Jesus
say, Jesus, you are our master, our Lord, our King. There is no one like you. Lord, we, <laughs> our hearts are bursting with joy because of who you are. You are worthy of all honor, of all praise, of all thanksgiving. You're worthy of all of our lives. Jesus, receive our worship as an act of offering this morning. May it come from hearts that are laid down, surrendered. May it come from hearts that are bowing in spirit and in truth. 
to you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to be in God's presence, isn't it? Sometimes, um, sometimes the Holy Spirit just kind of comes with a wave and sweeps us along in worship. And that's it's just been one of those moments, hasn't it, where the Holy Spirit just comes and says, just stay there, stay in worship. Um, we don't really know where, where God's going to lead us sometimes, and that's great. I love it. It's exciting, isn't it? More, Lord. So uh, can we receive the offering, please, from somebody? Is there an offering to be received? Yes, thank you, Mary. Bless you. <laughs> thank you, Mary, so much. Uh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, our hearts are bursting with thanksgiving this morning because when we survey the wondrous cross <laughs> on which the Prince of Glory died, our richest gain we count but loss, and we pour contempt on all our pride. Lord, we want to say to you, were all the realm of nature mine, that would be an offering far too small. Because, Lord, so amazing, so divine is your love that it demands my soul, my life, my all. So, Lord, receive this money, receive our lives, receive our hearts, surrender to you, take them and use them, Lord, for the glory and extension of your name. Amen. We're going to pray uh, for the creche and uh, for the uh, young ones as they go to their classes to learn, as we're going to learn in a moment. They're going to learn too. So, Lord, we pray uh, uh, for Lawrence in the creche, and we pray for, for those in uh, Sparks. Lord, pray your blessing on them and their leaders as they go out. Lord, you just bless them richly, that they would learn and grow to be more in love with Jesus. For in his name we ask it. Amen. Thank you. So uh, I'm sure those of you that are on the prayer chain will know, but um, just to say that uh, Mike and Barbara need our prayers. They're on holiday down in the New Forest, and uh, Mike uh, had a, a mini stroke, a TIA. So I said that we would pray today. Um, do pray for Mark and Carol and the family, as uh, obviously Mark's dad still is, is in a, uh, a very um, fragile condition. Pray for his mum and for the wider family as they continue to put care in place and support dad. Um, uh, and uh, there will be others uh, known to you who need a special touch of Christ's grace and mercy and healing and help. So uh, as the Holy Spirit puts situations and people on your hearts. Please, uh, please do pray for them. If you're on Zoom, please do feel free to un unmute and pray. If you're in here, um, I think Janine has got the, the microphone. So do, if you want to pray in here, do stick your hand up and Janine will, uh, will come with the mic. So as the Spirit leads you, please uh, lead us. I will begin and end this time of prayer. So... Jesus, we thank you that we, you are the friend to whom um, we can bring all our griefs and sorrows. Uh, and so we do that now, Lord. But you're also, Jesus, the king. You have, in your sovereign power and glory, you have the power to not just hear us as a friend, but to bring transformation to the people and situations that we pray for, because you are the king of kings, the Lord of lords. 
the eternal, mighty, sovereign Son of God at the right hand of the Father. And in you, all authority and power has been given to. And Lord, as we come to pray now, we do so not with trust in ourselves, but Jesus, we, we come in weakness. We come to depend on your power, on your sovereign grace as we pray now. Give us faith and eyes to see, Lord, with, with faith. So Holy Spirit, come and help us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we do want to lift uh, Mark's dad and mum uh, before you today. Uh, we pray uh, for Mark's dad especially that thank you that he and his wife are believers, that they have that hope and that faith and that eternal security in you. Thank you for that, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that they would know your loving arms around them at this time, that your peace would guard their hearts and their minds. Lord, we pray for the wider family as they continue to put care in place and support dad, that Lord, you'd be with them and uh, give them wisdom uh, to know uh, how to care. Lord, thank you for the church that they're part of in France who continue to support them. And we pray, Lord, that the, that, that support would continue and uh, be appropriate and in helping to meet the needs there. So Lord, just bless them and uh, let them know your peace and your comfort and your strength and your love at this time. And Lord, we pray for Mike and Barbara just pray, Lord, for, for rest uh, for Mike, for healing and wholeness as he takes time to rest. Lord, recuperate him, restore him. And for Barbara too, Lord, who's naturally worried, we just pray you guard her heart and her mind. In Jesus' name, with your peace. Amen. Lord Jesus, I just want to lift up Mike and Barbara to you too, Father. Mm, mm. It's so difficult when you're on holiday and something like this happens, Lord. But I just pray for your protection around them both, Lord. Mm. And for Mike in hospital in Bournemouth, Lord. I know he has plans to share your love with everyone he can speak to, Lord. And I just pray that you would bless him in that endeavour, Father. Yeah. But Lord Jesus, I just lift him to you, Father, and ask that you would strengthen his heart and everything that's suffering at the moment lord just um just make him better father please and and for barbara lord for the practical arrangements for her to get home and all that she needs to do lord we just pray that you would surround her with your love and your peace at this difficult time amen and father we do lift mark's parents to you in france lord we just know that they love you that they know you and we we pray for your peace to be with them lord we pray that they will know your presence in their circumstances that you will make things straight for them lord whatever needs to be done whatever organizations or care needs to be put in place lord that you will just take that and guide them through it lord we pray for mark lord 
uh, it's hard to be away when your parents are, are not well. So, Lord, I lift Mark to you and just pray for him, Lord, today. Pray for your strengthening. Pray that he will know your presence. And for his sister as well, Lord, I lift her to you as well, Lord, that they as a family will know your presence, that each of the, the grandchildren will just see you at work in this situation, Lord. We lift them to you, Lord. Amen. mum that you'd bring healing to her uh, foot lord i know that she's still uh, far from healed and far from right and can't put any still can't put any load bearing pressure on it lord we lift her before you lord we ask that you would just bless her with your presence and lord help katie to be a witness to continue to pray for mum and uh, to continue to bring your healing and peace uh, to to her mum at this difficult time, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, as we look at your word now, as we open your word, as we read it um, and take it in, Lord, this is not just uh, a history book. Lord, this is your living word. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's breathed out by your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we submit to your word, and we ask, Father, that by your Spirit, you would speak to us from your living word. Lord, we choose to surrender, to say that we, we obey your word. We sit under it, Lord. It has authority over us in our lives. So, Lord, help us not just to be hearers, but to be obeyers and doers of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing a series in uh, the last book of the Bible uh, from the prophet Malachi, written around 450 years before the birth of Christ. The people of Israel have returned by about 100 years from exile. The temple has been rebuilt um, under uh, Nehemiah and Ezra and Haggai. But it's not as glorious as it once was, not as big as it once was under Solomon. There is uh, famine and drought and uh, economic hardship. Sounds familiar? All around. And there is the threat of nasty neighbors, neighbors from hell, like the Edomites, Israel's enemies, threatening to encroach on their land, threatening to uh, take their crops for themselves. This is a tough time. And the people have stopped believing that God still loves them. They've looked at the circumstances and they've decided God's forgotten us. He no longer loves us. He's abandoned us. And there is a temptation in our day, a temptation, I say, to do the same. But we're not those people, are we? So let's hear what the text says. This is God speaking through Malachi. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you, O priests, who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? You place defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? 
when you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Now implore God to be gracious to us with such offerings from your hands. Will he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. Wow. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations, from the rising to the setting of the sun. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying of the Lord's table, it is defiled, and of the food, it is contemptible. And you say, what a burden, and you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty, when you bring injured, crippled, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices. Should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. Thank you. So I've called this uh, true worship. Um, true worship. Uh, during the pandemic, uh, the government uh, issued a decree. Sounds like the days of Caesar Augustus, doesn't it? During the days of the pandemic, do you remember those? The government issued a decree that we were not allowed to meet in the building. Our doors were literally shut by the authorities. But imagine being in Malachi's time and in the people of Israel when God says, look, I've had enough of your worship. I'd prefer it if you shut the doors, quite frankly, because your offerings of worship are worthless. You are despising me. Shut the doors, pack up, go home, go to Ikea instead. Can you imagine if that was God's message to us? But I wonder, is our worship wholehearted, devoted? Do we bring on a Sunday all that we are and have? Are we prepared for worship? Have we been building up to worship all week in our prayer life with God? Or are we kind of coming with a, well, Lord, you're lucky I made it this morning attitude. We are worshipping the God of the universe. <laughs> Who are we to take a slack-handed, half-hearted attitude to worship? We're not here because we're on a rotor. We're not here because it's Sunday. We're here because the Lord of the universe is on the throne and he is worthy of all our praise and worship and honour. He's worthy of our costly sacrificial worship. He's more worthy than anything else in life, sport, leisure, everything. And that's why we come and worship him. Problem was the people at the time of Malachi, 450 odd BC, had become skeptical of God's love for them. They looked around at the world they live in and they they, they felt God had abandoned them. God no longer loves us, they, they were saying. They were going through tough times. 
and they're allowing the circumstances to dictate their heart, right? Um, sometimes we come to worship in a mood. Well, that's okay. We can come as we are, but let's be prepared to be transformed by God, right? Let's be prepared to override our feelings and emotions and anxieties about what's going on in the world and recognize that Lord, the Lord is on the throne and is worthy of praise, whatever's going on in the world. Economic hardship, drought, threat of war, God is still worthy. Heaven forbid that we should come half-heartedly, just going through the motions of another Sunday, because that's exactly what Israel were doing, just going through the motions. Any old sacrifice will do, any old lame and blind and crippled animal will do, doesn't matter. We'll turn up, we'll go through the motions, that'll do. No, it won't, says the Lord. I'd rather you shut the doors. This is a word to the church today, isn't it? In our nation. Let me illustrate. Um, forgive me for this rather trivial illustration. It's not me, by the way. Um, could be, but it's, it's not. Suppose a husband comes from home from work with i'm not looking at anybody with this guy i can't i can't make eye contact just in case somebody feels judged and condemned because i stand condemned with you the only reason i remember my anniversary is it's my birthday all right <laughs> i got married on my anniversary so i wouldn't forget it on my 30th birthday is our wedding anniversary so that's how i remember it suppose a husband comes home from work with an anniversary gift it's a cheap plastic figurine from a gift shop of a woman dressed in an apron and it has the words world's best wife written on it and he comes home and he hands it to her do you think that the wife would be happy with that offering <laughs> joyce behave perhaps well timed sarah perhaps the man really does love his wife but he's made a grave judgment of error, error. Perhaps he thought it'd be funny, a humorous gift, a little plastic figurine with world's best wife written on it, handed to her on her anniversary. But she doesn't take it that way. She sees it as a failure to take the opportunity to say, I love you with a gift. And that's what God is doing here, isn't he? To the nation of Israel. He's saying, I don't want cheap plastic poor excuse for worship. I want the best that you can bring. So husbands, we need to do better, don't we? Yes, says my wife. <laughs> you need to do better. But you know, we show our love and devotion in our relationships by saying thank you and by giving people gifts, don't we? How much more should we be offering the best to God? the creator of the universe, our father in heaven, who's loved us and lavished his grace on us at the cross. And yet we're so slack-handed and half-hearted about worshipping him, aren't we? You know, if we can fit it in in our busy schedule, I might be there. 
I'd rather you shut the doors, says the Lord, than have that kind of attitude, right? This is not me, by the way. This is the word of God, right? Let's get that straight. So the passage teaches us three things. Hey, first point is negative. It's about worship that dishonors God. The second point is true worship. We are to, in true worship, we are to offer ourselves as living sacrifices every day. And the third point, Jesus is the true worshiper who transforms our hearts so that we can become true and devoted worshipers. So there's good news here. So if you've gone lukewarm, if your passion for Jesus has died, the flame's gone out, Jesus wants to set you on fire again. It's good news, isn't it? Um, even on a hot day, we can be set on fire. First, worship that dishonors God. Okay, God uses an illustration of how a son honors a father and a servant honors a master. You could say an employee honors a boss. Verse six, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If I'm a father, where is the honor due to me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you, O priest, who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? God is saying, look, sons honor their fathers in Israel culture. Workers, servants, honor their bosses in Hebrew culture. So God is saying, I'm your Lord, your father, and your master. So where is the honor and respect for me? It's not there, says God. You're despising me, profaning my name. Um, the people were supposed to bring unblemished animals for sacrifice. We don't do sacrifices anymore. Um, if, if you do, you're probably in a cult and I need to be talking to you. <laughs> we do sacrifices on a barbecue, don't we? That are all hopefully already dead, all right? But in Israel's time, they offered the best, most costly animals that they had because forgiveness is costly, right? For the Lord of the universe, the God who is utterly pure and holy and without sin to continue in relationship with his people required that an animal that was unblemished had to be killed in their presence in the temple or the tabernacle. Why? Because the penalty of sin is death. You cannot be in the presence of God and remain alive. That's what Moses was told. You can't see my front. You can only see my back, said God to Moses. Otherwise, you will die. So glorious is God, so pure, so holy, so majestic, so beyond us is he that we couldn't survive in his presence. And so the only way these people could have God's presence among them was to offer a sacrifice so that the animal died in God's presence instead of them. The animal was a substitute. The animal suffered the penalty of death for the people's sin, not the people. That's where we get the, uh, have you heard of scapegoat? Well, that's where we get the idea of scapegoat from, isn't it? We lay our guilt or blame on somebody else and send that scapegoat off. So you might be blamed for something you haven't done so that somebody else can get off the hook. Well, that's what the sacrificial animals, they were scapegoats. They took the blame rather than the people for their sin. 
and there were other thank offerings that the people were supposed to bring. When God um, answered their prayers, they were supposed to offer an unblemished animal to say thank you. But instead of doing this, this is what they did in verse 14. Instead of offering an unblemished animal, this is what they did. God said, cursed is the cheat, a cheat who has an, who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nation. God won't accept less than the best. It's, it's profaning his name. Listen to his response to this kind of half-hearted, apathetic, complacent, uncostly worship. And you say, sorry, can we go back to verse 10, Jasper? I think it's the one before. That's it. Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I'll accept no offering from your hands. God doesn't want their lame, blind, crippled animals that cost them nothing. He'd say, I'd rather shut the doors. God is not interested in worship that costs us nothing, right? Worshipping God is going to cost you time and effort in your life. Do you know that? We don't have to bring animal sacrifices, but we are called every day to be living sacrifices. Your time, your money, your possessions are not your own. As a Christian, you are stewards of these things. We don't hold them tight as if they're ours and ours alone. We say, Lord, thank you for these gifts that you've given me to look after. Let me use them for the glory and extension of your kingdom on earth, right? They're not ours to hold on to. These are, we are stewards of the things that God's given to us. Worshipping the Lord every day will cost you something. It's costly. When we come to Jesus and we take up our cross and follow, we're saying, Lord, we surrender everything we have and are to you. All our money, our time. If you tell me to go and use it in a certain way, Lord, I will use it that way. What about Sunday worship? What attitude do we come to worship God with? To a prayer meeting? To Sunday worship? To a midweek group? Do we constantly look forward to meeting with other Christians as a highlight in the week? Or is it something that we've got to kind of fit in a busy diary? I really hope it's not the latter because God would speak to us strongly this morning and say, I'm not interested in half-hearted commitment and devotion. I want all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. That's what Jesus said was the greatest command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Not part, not a little bit, not fitting it in a squeezed and busy diary. If I, if, you're lucky I made it, quite frankly. God isn't interested in that. He wants our hearts. He wants our devotion. He wants our passion. He wants our time. He wants our money. Um, now, please don't hear me wrong. I'm not talking about people who have to do shifts on a Sunday. But, you know, the, the average attendance in this nation at the moment, nationally, is about twice a month. 
I remember 20 years ago going to church twice or three times on a Sunday, never mind twice a month. What's happened to us, folks? What's happened to the church in our nation? We're dishonoring, disrespecting the Lord. We're not making worship a priority. We're not making prayer meetings a priority or small groups a priority. We're prioritizing other things. I'm not talking about people doing Sunday work and shifts here. Please hear me right. I'm talking about all of us. Worship is a priority. Listen to the writer of Hebrews. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. There is a day approaching when Jesus is coming again and we will stand before him and he will say, what did you do with your time and your worship and your money? And you and I will say, I gave it to you. I loved you. I served you. I laid my life down for you. And part of that is coming as often as I can to gather in worship and prayer with other Christians. Part of that is that, right? I'm just preaching the word here, folks. This is the place where the Holy Spirit comes in power. Why wouldn't we want to be here? <laughs> Seriously, listen to the word of God. Consequently, Ephesians 2, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, that's me and you, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Do you hear that? When God's people, living stones, gather together, God's spirit comes among us in power. I want to be there when God's spirit comes in power. I want to be there worshipping, singing with joy and passion with God's people, right? No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. Am I passionate? Yes. Am I crazy? No. Do I love Jesus? Yes. Do I want to stand before Jesus on the day of judgment and hear, well done, good and faithful servant, come and enjoy your master's inheritance? Yes, I do. So let's get working on it now, folks. Second, we honor God in true worship by offering ourselves as living sacrifices every day. We no longer need to offer animal sacrifices for sin because of the cross, right? Jesus offered himself once and for all as the perfect unblemished lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, hallelujah. He's taken away our sin once and for all, but there's a response that we need to make to that sacrifice. And here it is, Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, that's the cross, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Wow. I love J.B. Phillips' translation here of this. Do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. The world wants Christianity 
and gathering for worship to be one more hobby that we squeeze in alongside everything else. That's what the world wants to do. We're worshiping the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, the father of lights. This is not a hobby. This is our life, <laughs> right? Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. We're not playing at this. We're not playing at Christianity. They, the first Christians were called people of the way because they walked in the way of Jesus every day. It was costly. It was a sacrifice involved. Sacrifice of time, money, commitments. Worship is a lifestyle where we choose to submit to and surrender to Jesus every day of our lives in everything. Third and last, I'm skipping some stuff here. I've got too much written down as usual. <laughs> Jesus is the true worshiper who transforms our hearts so we can worship in spirit and in truth. So if your love and passion have gone lukewarm, if you recognize that the fire in your belly for Jesus has gone a bit cold, has dwindled, there is one who wants to rekindle the fire this morning. Isn't that wonderful? He can do that for anybody. There are people I've got on a prayer list who I'm praying, Holy Spirit, would you set a fire in the heart of that person again? It's going to be a miracle of grace when it happens. But isn't that what we want to see for others and ourselves? There's nothing worse than lukewarm water, is there? It's neither hot or cold. Jesus spat lukewarm water out of his mouth. <laughs> he said, I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm. Um, I had in a bottle the other day, I, I, I'm in that position now where if I go for a walk, I need a bottle of water with me because it's so hot, isn't it? And um, if the bottle has been in the bag all day, do, do you know what I mean? It's lovely when it's ice cold, but when you kind of um, take a drink and it's lukewarm, you go, oh! It's horrible. You gag, don't you? It's horrible. Nothing worse than lukewarm water. Well, Jesus said I, I, to the church at Laodicea, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth because you're neither hot nor cold. I'd rather you were one or the other. Oh, that we weren't lukewarm, half-hearted, complacent, slack-handed. Be passionate in your following of Jesus. You're going to have to spend eternity with him right? This is a short blip of time on this planet. We've got an eternity of worshiping Jesus, so we might as well get used to it, right? It's a lifestyle of commitment, of taking up our cross, of saying, I surrender all. Oh, if that were true in the church in Britain today. I, I think, you know, I surrender a little bit, if I can fit it in the diary, the hymn writer would be turning over in his grave of that hymn, I Surrender All, wouldn't he? Thinking about the lack of commitment in the church today. But there's one who can set a fire in our hearts. Jesus, the true worshiper. Do you remember at the well, the woman was there in the heat of the day 
crazy time to be out only mad dogs and Englishmen yeah but this woman this Samaritan was out looking for water and Jesus went over to her and he said look I can give you living water and she said well I you know I've got no bucket to draw with what, what are you talking about he said he was talking about the Holy Spirit if your fire's gone out Jesus wants to set a fire in your heart again and he wants to give you living water to mix up the metaphors he wants water to be poured into you that will refresh your soul streams of living water that well up to eternal life Jesus answered everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again you know what that feels like at the moment don't you right but listen but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst that's the Holy Spirit I give them what I give them will become in, in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life it's wonderful isn't it life refreshment joy love peace is what God offers us because Jesus is the true and perfect worshiper who pours out the Holy Spirit living water into all those who've lost their passion let's pray would you would you stand with me let's respect and honor God by standing in his presence if, you, if you're able if you're not able I know you're standing inside in your heart so don't stand if you can't I know you're standing inside Jesus, there are some of us today who want to say that we've been complacent and half-hearted. Lord Jesus, we confess we haven't loved you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. Jesus, we've been half-hearted, complacent. We've lost our passion. We've stopped believing that you love us, and we've stopped asking the living water to refresh us and fill us through your spirit Lord we want to say sorry we want to turn away from our half-hearted worship and devotion and Lord we want more of you Lord set it set a fire in us again give us passion again passion to love you and serve you and surrender all to you If that's you, if you'd like to say to Jesus, I want more of you, I want to commit again to you today, would you just hold your hands out and in your own quiet prayers, in your own heart, just surrender to Jesus again. Say sorry for going cold, sorry for going lukewarm and ask him to forgive you and surrender yourself to him again in your own quiet prayer. Do that now. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come fill our hearts, our lives with your refreshing presence. Lord, renew our love for Jesus. 
Lord, we surrender all. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would refresh us with streams of living water. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's just wait on the Holy Spirit in the quietness. Cry out to God for more of the Holy Spirit. Cry out to God in your own heart, more, Lord, more of your love, more of your spirit, more of your power, more, more love in my life for you, Jesus. Just, just ask for that. Ask for that. Hunger and thirst for more of the spirit in your life. Thank you, Lord. Sam's going to sing a song, a prophetic song over us as we're waiting on God, waiting on the Spirit. Don't need to sing along. I just want us to receive more of the Spirit. Just keep crying out to God for more of the Spirit. As Sam sings this over us. So in your own heart, continue to say, more Lord. Continue to say, come Lord Jesus. Come Holy Spirit, fill me, fill me, fill me.
sense the Holy Spirit has really been speaking to some of you very specifically this morning, that this is the time to, for you to recommit to the Lord. You've grown weary, complacent, apathetic, lukewarm, half-hearted, and he's asking you to come back to him, to return to the Lord. As a sign of that, I'd really love to pray with you. There's members of the prayer team here. If that's you, you can show your recommitment publicly, which is a really important thing to do. It's an act of faith. Really ask that you would just, while we're continuing to sing, if you just come down to the front row here, or even um, move towards the back, if that you'd prefer to do that, the one of the back corners. The prayer team will, members of the prayer team will just come and pray for you to be filled with love for Jesus so that you can follow him and surrender all again. So as we're continuing to sing, um, set a fire, would you just come, make that response, be bold. Don't be English, don't be reserved, be bold. Take that step of faith publicly. somebody who you need to pray with right now they haven't asked for prayer they haven't come forward or they ha um, but there's somebody that the Lord has put in your heart and I'd like you to be bold and brave and I want you to go over to them and pray for them now wherever they are God has put somebody on your heart to pray for and I want you to go to them now and pray for them that God would set a fire in their soul 
don't be English, please. Let's get over ourselves and do what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. So some of you have been given a person to pray for. Go and pray for that person now. Go and do it. Don't wait. to worship in here. We're not going anywhere. We're just going to continue to wait on the Lord. But you're welcome to uh, to join us next door for a water, tea, coffee, uh, meet children. But we're just going to continue worshiping in here for a few minutes. But look, I don't think the Lord is done with us yet. Um, if you'd like to receive prayer, please do remain in here and the prayer team will, will come and uh, pray with you. So bless you. Go in peace. May the Spirit fill you this week. In Jesus' name.